All right. So we are kicking off the Mother Lab with Lauren Hernandez as our first guest. Um, it was actually after the interview with her that Brian turned to me and put this idea of this very podcast in my head. So I think one of the things we asked her was which job is harder, mom or secret service agent? And that really got some juices flowing. So... <laughs> Um, I'd like to introduce Lauren Hernandez. She is the author of Talk Back Barbie, the Secret Service Edition, and she is a former Secret Service agent. So thank you so much for joining me, Lauren. I was really, really inspired by your story and, you know, your decision to, you know, transition from your career, a career that you really wanted, as we'll talk mm -hmm. about, um, you know, and, and to have a child and to be the mom that you wanted to be for him. So thank you very much for coming on today to talk about this with us. Well, I'm honored to be here. I mean, what a special episode to start this off. So why don't you, why don't you kick us off? Now, I know your story and anybody who's seen the uh, previous episode knows your story, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your past life, right? And how you yeah, came to be yeah, a secret past life. Yeah, <laughs> your past life and how you came to be a secret service agent, you know, all of that training and that, that endurance that that required. Yeah. So ever since I was age 10, I was set on being an FBI agent and that was my goal and my dream in life. So I watched movies, I did everything I could to accomplish that dream. Well, when I graduated college, I discovered that you can't go straight into the FBI out of college. You have to have career work experience or military experience or something like that. So I applied for the NSA, the National Security Agency and the Secret Service at the same time to see which one I was gonna get into. Obviously, I got into the Secret Service, and I went through six months of intense federal law enforcement training right after they accepted me. So I had to go through polygraph background checks, uh, a stack of papers this thick with 10 years back of how far, where you've traveled internationally. I mean, you had to do, list every neighbor possible. It was just a lot of information, Situ situational awareness testing that you had to pass. It was, it was a lot, but once I got through that and went through six months of the federal law enforcement training, I then joined the ranks of the Secret Service and worked at the White House, which was exciting. But at the same time, I learned a lot about myself just going through training and what it took to really dig down deep inside to become a person that you didn't really know existed. And as much as I knew that you had to be really tough to be in this environment, especially a male dominated one, I, I didn't realize what was all involved until you actually stepped foot in training. And I discovered that I was a lot stronger and thicker skinned than I ever thought possible. And so that's what I did. I did it for a very short period of time. I did it for a year and a half because I just discovered that it was the shift work and I, it was just, I was bored. So it wasn't for me. And so I ended up changing my career path and, and I was happy with that. So, so how long thereafter did you have a child and was that any, did that play a role in any of your decision to leave as well? So I got married while I was working the secret service and that was really difficult because I had a chance of my honeymoon being canceled. Meaning if they, if they called me in on my days off that I, even though I had them scheduled, I could, so I was nervous going up to that. Thank goodness I was super lucky and it was not canceled and I was able to enjoy my honeymoon. So I got married, but that was something that really deterred me from the career is just being a newlywed, first of all. 
Mm-hmm. And I had my son, I think we were about seven or eight years married after I had him. So I wasn't in the secret service at all, but I knew I wanted to be a mom and I knew that that's what I was going to be down the road. And so when I started looking at this career path and what it would take to join the FBI and all the traveling we would have to do, I would have to do, and all the moving around you would have to do because you, you move to different states and locations, you probably move it anywhere between three to five times and possibly more than that in your career. And I knew I wanted to be around family. So I just started thinking all those things through. And I, I was like, well, what am I going to do so I can utilize my clearance with the Secret Service and still have consistent working hours? And that's when I joined government consulting up in D.C., the D.C. area. So I ended up having my son about seven or eight years after we were married. So we didn't want kids at the beginning. We were focusing <laughs> on our careers. I was super young. I was 22 when I got married. So right. we were we were just enjoying life. So, but by the time four years passed, we were ready to start having kids and I ended up actually having trouble having kids. So I had to go through fertility treatment. So I just did like IUI fertility treatment. And that was on top of everything else, changing careers and doing all that. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with this and that was another stressor added to the whole process of, okay, having just even talking about having a child is stressful enough. And then you have to add on top of that fertility issues, which is a whole nother ballgame to add more stress to your life. Absolutely. Now, at the point that you had, um, you have a son, correct? I have one son. Yeah. Yes. So at the point that you had your son, um, you were in a consistent, uh, you know, working environment, correct? Or were you, were so, you working at the time? Well, so it actually worked out really nicely for me because my husband was never going to let me quit government consulting because <laughs> money, the money's good. So he's <laughs> like, when you have this child, you're going to have to stay here. I ended up losing. So I, I resigned from my pre, my current company and accepted a job with another government consulting firm. And the reason I did that was because it was going to be three days a week, 12 hour shifts. So I was off for four days. And I knew, you know, I was going to have a baby. And so I knew that that would be an ideal situation for me to be the best mom I could be while working. So I'd be working full time, but four days a week, I'd be at home with my child. And that way, less daycare, less, uh, more time with me. And that was my goal and plan. Well, they lost the government consulting position I was hired for. So, yes. So I went on unemployment and I started (laughs) my own business in my condo dog walking. So I took care of all the dogs and stuff in our condos because people had dogs and they were working full time. So I took care of their dogs. If they went out of town, I walked their dogs. So while I was pregnant, I basically had my own business and walked dogs, took care of dogs. I had my son in February and I was still dog walking. So the first week, my mom and husband helped me the second week I was dog walking with a brand new (laughs) baby out in February in Northern Virginia, freezing cold. (laughs) That is dedication. dedication. Yeah. If you don't walk dogs, you don't make money. So I was out there doing that and yeah, and I could barely walk. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did you, yeah. have a, you didn't have a C-section. That's No, but it was, it was uncomfortable. And I'm sitting there like walking so slowly. It took me like 10 minutes to get down the hall. And I'm like, of course the dog I'm walking is at the end of the hallway, that, you know, the furthest away. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then during delivery, I bruised my tailbone. So one of the dogs was really strong and he pulled me by the elevators and I slipped and fell and fell right back on my tailbone. And I was like sitting in a donut for like a month because my tailbone was bruised. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> now, yeah. I, all right. So here's the million dollar question. And this is really where, you know, and something you said earlier really struck me. Um, and it, you said something like, discovering something that I had inside myself or some, something like that. You just said Mm -hmm. it. And, um, I wish I could remember things that just happened 10 minutes ago. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. I'm I'm the same, but you know, I, I think there's a parallel there with, with motherhood as well. Right. I mean, so if, if I had to ask you, which was harder, right. Parent motherhood or the secret service, what would you say? Uh, Definitely motherhood. It's so hard. You have this, this being and this person that you're responsible for. And I, my, what I always said was I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. And I knew I was always going to go back into the workforce, but I wanted to be a stay at home mom because if I screwed up my child, I wanted to be responsible for that. I didn't want someone else to screw them up. And then I'm like, well, if I had stayed home, this child would have been da, 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 da. That way I was always responsible. And I was always like, Hey, Whatever happens to my child is on me because I raised them. And it is. It's all about digging down deep inside and just being strong and determined and having endurance and a strong will. Because when you say something as a parent, you've got to stick it out. And I remember that was the biggest lesson my mom ever taught me was she was, Lauren, if you tell Noah that you're taking his iPad away for one day a week, she goes, you have to be prepared to take it away for the amount of time that you say. And the reason being, she goes, because he'll know that you back out of your word and then he's going to, he's going to do whatever he wants because he knows that there's truly no consequences. And so that was the most important thing my mom ever told me was when you say it, you better be willing to do it. And so some of the stuff I would sit there and pause with regarding the punishment, because I wanted to make sure I was willing to give right. <laughs> like sacrifice my time and, you know, my endurance and my everything to punish my child, you know? Sometimes that ends up being more of a punishment for you, right? Yeah, that's exactly. And so I had to be like, okay, so how long can I, maybe I just say an hour he can't watch his iPad? I don't know if I can do all day. <laughs> but it was more of a punishment for you as a mom, and that makes it really difficult. And so I, that was something that I really learn. And that's why it's so hard is because Andrew, you're raising each, even though I only have one child, each child has their own personality. So Mm -hmm. you have to raise, you take even more energy and exertion because you're raising each child individually. And each child needs different, has different needs than the others. And you have to be able to figure that child out, understand what's going on, understand the child, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work and it is hard. I, I've asked a ton of moms and they have all said they prefer a full-time job over being at home, a stay-at-home mom. I am one of those, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is that hard. <laughs> well, are, are there any skills that you acquired maybe in the course of your training that you can apply to motherhood? Oh my God, all of them, everything. Endurance, determination, strong will, the strength of being successful because while you're going through training, all you think about is if I fail, I'm not going to graduate. And the same thing with a child. You think, oh my gosh, if I'm not successful in raising a normal human being, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up this world and I'm going to mess up this one opportunity God gave me to raise this child and I'm going to screw it up. And so there's all this pressure on you, just like during training, there's pressure every single day to do it really well accomplish this, do that. 
same as a mom. There's so much pressure on you every day to volunteer at your child's school, to be present in the moment, to be a person, you know, attack a daily taxi. Uh, there's just so much. And the, one of the biggest things I learned is through training and just working a full-time job and being a mom, how to eat, eat on the run, eat standing up, eat as fast as you can to scarf down some calories and then keep going. <laughs> that was the same in the secret service. <laughs> well, because you're moving from post to post and it, it, sometimes you have time to sit down, but you might be manning this post where you have to let people the gate up and down. So you're constantly just shoving food in before running around to wherever you're going. And so it's, it's exactly like being a mom, same thing. You're scarfing down whatever till you go to the next task. Oh my gosh. I never thought about that. That's yeah. true. So yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot. I, I literally think everything I did in training is parallels parenting. <laughs> what is that saying about, about children? I know that they're, they're tough. I, I'm a, I'm more of a dog person. <laughs> yeah, actually it's yeah. I look, I'm, I'm with it. I'm oh, I love dogs. Oh, they're my favorite. I'm all about the dog. And you know, side note, we, we got this dog, uh, Santa brought him. And uh, I, I thought that this dog was going to kind of mellow out my son. And instead, my son rubbed off on the dog. And I was like, I used to like dogs, but now you're just <laughs> as crazy as he is. No, right. Well, I love that because my son will chase our dogs all the time around the house with toys. So he's getting energy out, but he's also tiring out the dog, which I like love because both of them can be so annoying and so energetic that I'm like, tire each other out. And then we can all sit down and watch a movie. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm a mother of one son as well. And I, you know, I wasn't gonna, this actually wasn't on my mind before, but I, I think about sometimes is it okay that he's an only child, right? And I have all this guilt inside of me. And now I have no intention of having any other children, um, you know, and I know you, you struggled. So, you know, yeah. so I Hopefully mean, there's no accidents from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I'm, you know, I wonder, do you ever think about the, like, do you ever experience that guilt associated with having an only child? So my dream was to always have two. I always wanted two. I, I'm an even number person. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I like even numbers. Obviously, I only had one. Uh, you know, I I do struggle with that a lot because only children, they grow up a lot faster. They're a lot more mature, it seems, than children with siblings. And the reason being, well, that's not necessarily true. They're usually the oldest of multiple siblings yeah. is very mature because they have to take care of the younger siblings. But I, from my observations, and these are just my personal opinions and what I've observed with my child, mm -hmm. is in school, he does seem a lot more mature. I mean, he's a boy, so they're always immature. But he's more mature in the fact just because he's around adults so much. Yeah. And I'm always worried that he's going to think that the world revolves around him and it's all him because he gets all the focus. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't really... He was never that great at sharing. He could share stuff at other people's houses, but at his mm -hmm. own, yes. he wasn't as good at sharing stuff because this is his personal space. Right. And so I always had to tell him, like, it's, it's yours. It's not leaving this house. So I always worried about that. So I talked to a bunch of my girlfriends who were only children and friends of mine who were only children. They go, listen, it, it works itself out. They actually, they end up being extremely independent they work this, and I've even asked him, I'm like, well, we don't, you don't really have a choice, but do you want a sibling? And he's always like, no. He goes, no, because I like my friends coming over and leaving because then I have to share my stuff. That's what Oh my gosh. That's what my son says. Yes. How old is your son? 
He's eight. He's eight. My son is seven. Yes. Yeah. So it's the same thing. And so mm-hmm. I worry and I'm like, well, is this going to make you a really selfish person? Are you going to know how to accommodate other people? So I do struggle with that, having an only child. Mm-hmm. Like, But uh, like I said, I talked to a bunch of parents who are or were or are only children and mm-hmm. they, they, you make it through life just fine. And you, yeah. you learn to deal and you, you understand things and it just, I don't know, I guess because that's all, you know, you adapt. Yeah. That's true. So I totally, I feel that that's a, that is a, that's something I'm always thinking about daily is, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, should we just adopt? So he has somebody, you know, he has to get along with. My husband said that to me the other day. I was like, you know, I don't really want to have another child, but maybe like we should, I don't know. He's like, well, did, did you ever consider adoption? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I could even handle that. I'm not sure. Well, and that's kind of how I am right now with how busy life is promoting right. my book. I work part-time. I volunteer at my son's school on PTF. I mean, I'm just involved in a lot of different like organizations and different things. And I, I, I like my life right now. And I do, mm-hmm. I feel like I can give my son the mom that he needs, but still take time for me, mm-hmm. which I find is so important because it rejuvenates me and it makes me feel so good. And it makes me it makes me a better mom because I'm able to go and do book club and read books throughout the month and be part of a wine club and different stuff to where I'm doing things for me, but I'm also doing stuff for my son with flag football, mm-hmm. soccer, all these sports you're taking him to all these events you're taking him to at the school. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like I'm able to really balance things well right now. Oh. And I don't know how people do it with more than one because they're all over the place. And I'm like, well, one's even complicated. Some of the stuff lands on the same diet. I'm like, honey, you got to go pick them up. I'm going to drop them off. <laughs> I'll do right. it with dinner. So yeah. it does. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Actually, I heard someone told me that it's easier to have three than it is to have two. And I don't know why, but that's what I heard. I, I don't want to find out though. It's not something I'm looking to no, tell. No. My sister has two and she definitely said it was so easy with the first one. And then the second one came along. She's like, Oh Lord, what in the, what were we thinking? What did we do? Mm-hmm. And, and I have heard that the third is easier because by that point, it's just numbers. <laughs> it's kind of like, what does it matter anymore? You get, you've gotten used to the yelling and the arguing and all this and the constant noise. So what, once you just keep adding to it, it's kind of like, cause I have friends with five and six kids and they're like, eh, it, it just, you don't even notice anymore. That's why they're like, Oh, friends come over to our house. Well, we'll take 12 kids over here because <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It's just a number to them. Yeah. But I, I noticed it because our house is always quiet because we have right. one. And then when he has friends come over, I'm like, whoa, the noise decibel just went up. Oh, about my 400. gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I have a neighbor on the block. She's got three. And all the kids on the block, um, you know, and I do worry about sharing, too. I mean, same thing. Everything you said, yeah. he just he does not know how to share. He'll He'll keep his stuff inside <laughs> just so that he doesn't have to. He's like, no, I don't need to bring anything. I'm just like... Yeah. You sure you don't want to bring like a ball or, you know, you're going to the park. Do you want to bring a, something? No, no. Just keep it in my room because he doesn't want to share. I know. You know, and so I, the, how selfish, but I got to tell you, um, I have guilt about leaving him with like after I die. That's where my guilt oh. comes from. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, he's going to be alone. You know, like who's going to, who's going to be able to remember like the stories about mom or, you know, whatever it oh, might mom. be, you know? And I think about my sister and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't live without her. But yeah. you know, before she was born, I was seven and I was doing just fine. You know, I really was. So <laughs> like, I didn't need this addition. I didn't need I this complication. <laughs> 
right? I mean, I probably would have been just fine. I, you know, I, I can't live without her now that she's here, but right. if she wasn't, I guess it would have been. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's right. that's all they know. And so there's no... We, we know differently because I have a sister as well. So we know that bond, right? but our sons don't know that bond. Mm -hmm. They don't know really what they're missing out on. So they're very content. And that's why I think that they just do fine. And Mm -hmm. they're going to do great because, and it's not going to affect them at all. And I have noticed it's made Noah so independent and he's so independent and he's, he is forgetful because he's a boy, but you know, he, he just has a good head on his shoulders. And I know he has a good heart, even though he's very annoying and he tries to be really mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know deep down he has a good heart and that's mm-hmm. where all the punishment has to come in. Cause it's like, listen, buddy, you made a bad decision. Like, I know you're a good person. Just can you act on that? Can you, <laughs> can you do the right thing instead of making that bad choice? So, and that's the hard part, you know, disciplining is, is so difficult and finding the right type of discipline for each child too. Mm-hmm. I've tried yeah. every type of discipline with him. The best thing is taking the iPad away. He learns the most when I take an iPad away for a day to a week. That's the I biggest that worked. I really wish that worked for me. I'm, I, my son broke his iPad on Sunday oh, and he, yeah, he got angry um, at his iPad and, and talk about, I, I, I didn't even yell. I got to be honest with you, Lauren. I didn't even yell because I was in such shock yeah. that he had shattered the iPad. And and when I asked him, you know, he had about a moment of of regret and he and remorse, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen." And and then after that, it kind of just dissipated. And I I looked at him and I was like, "Why did you smash it?" And he said, "The internet was loading too slow," and I was like. Whoa. <laughs> Do they understand Whoa. we had dial up when we were kids? <laughs> I, I couldn't even believe what I was hearing or the way the tablet looked. And he hasn't had it. I'm sorry, not this Sunday that just passed a Sunday, two Sundays ago. So he hasn't had it. Now, I mean, we can credit some supply chain shortages to the fact that I couldn't get one even if I wanted to right away. Well, but, well, you, you know, can. yes. But at the same time, I want him to feel it. And I got to be honest with you, he's not even feeling it that much. I think right. maybe one day he was like, I really wish I had the iPad for the car, you know, because he likes the format of yeah. YouTube on the iPad, right? But he doesn't like it on a phone or anything else because it doesn't show you the recommendations. And I was like, um, you know, I'm like, other than that, it's, he's not feeling the, the, he's not feeling it. So right. at this point I'm like, okay, if that doesn't work, you know, what works, right? Like it's about finding, like you said, finding what works. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, my son would be devastated if he broke mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, we have a cover a protector, yeah. everything so that he can't break. And it's so expensive. I mean, honestly, if we broke it, I think I'd make him pay for another one. I did. I did. Yeah. Because but it's I- like, they're so expensive. They're not cheap. You mm-hmm. can't just get the, and the supply. It's like, what's going to take another year to get one in right Right. now because everything's so backlogged. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is, it's hard. And I mean, I try to really instill consequences and just make sure that I focus on the action and like what he did. And, you know, even if it's just, he said something mean to somebody, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, do you, how would you feel if someone said that to you? And it's like, well, it hurt my feelings. And I'm like, well, then you don't want to say that to other people. I know you're just Mm -hmm. joking or you're doing this, but if you don't want to hear it, you shouldn't say it out of your own mouth. And now, now granted, kids are going to be kids. You can't have them be perfect. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. But 
to just have them aware and understand that maybe what they're doing could be hurtful to another person or just being aware of that. I try to constantly just remind him and correct him and get him to understand that words can be hurtful, but also you can, if someone says something hurtful to you, you don't have to take that internalize that either. Mm -hmm. You can, ignore it, walk away. Cause it would make him angry sometimes, you know, and you want to go hit somebody or do something. And I'm like, if someone says something mean to you, just walk away. And if they continue, go tell a teacher or a parent, you don't want to have those consequences of, you know, hitting somebody back and, or being, being caught being violent or doing something mm-hmm. that you're going to get in really big trouble for. Right. So I've been just trying to teach him that kind of stuff over a long period of time, eight years. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now that we've gone down the road of, of only children, I do want to come back to the one last thing. So yeah. now here you are, right? So you have a child and you're also working on not only yourself and the things that you like to do, but you're also working like you mm-hmm. have a career of your own too. So I think the, the famous question is how do you balance all that? <laughs> how do you balance all that? So I think staying organized, I think staying organized is one of the biggest things that you can do as a mom to stay on top of it. I work part-time, so I'm trying to just always, I focus on, well, I focus on myself too. I I go to the gym. I try to go to the gym almost every day. So I do that. Then I try to, I go to work and then I come home and I'm trying to, during the two hours I have before I have to go pick up my son from school, I really try to just get all the stuff that I need to get done during that time. And it's just all about, I make lists and I just make sure that I get the things that are the most important off the list first. And that's, what's really helped me stay on top of things. And then just balancing it. Like when my husband comes home from work, letting him entertain Noah, while I can either go to watch my show upstairs, just to have a little bit of a break, or I can clean up the kitchen, whatever it might be. That way we can kind of bounce things off of each other so that it makes it a little bit easier on you. Cause when you, when it's all on you as a mom and then you don't take any time for yourself, you get so bogged down and so stressed out and it's, and it's so difficult. And I also really, I try to let my son fail a little bit. And I know that's really hard as a mom because my husband really struggles with that. He does not want that to happen at all. And I, I was like, well, he's in the elementary school. If he doesn't, if he turns in his homework late, they get to docked five points automatically. And so I try to teach them, you know, when you do something and you procrastinate on something, there are going to be consequences. And when he gets to middle school, they actually dock you. If it's late, it's a 50% right there. Even if you get a hundred on the, on the paper. So these consequences are good ways for the kids to learn, Hey, I do need to start remembering my homework. I do need to start remembering this and that and not being such a procrastinator. Now it hasn't changed my son at all because he is still a huge procrastinator, but I also try to constantly nudge him and remind him, Hey, did you do that homework yet? You know what I'm saying? These little reminders to try to get him going so that he doesn't, I don't want him to fail, but at the same time, if he doesn't do it and it's bedtime, I'm like, well, then you can either wake up 30 minutes early tomorrow morning, or you can turn it in with and get an F. Mm-hmm. And then, the, and once you get to come home with an F, there are consequences at home. For <laughs> so it's like you what, your second set of consequences. Right. It's like, well, what do you want? You want an F and being in trouble, or do you want to just get it done? So it's a lot. This is what I'm saying. Parenting is tough because, especially sometimes when your husband and you disagree mm-hmm. on how to do things. Where I'm, I'm all about the consequences because I think kids will learn quicker when there are consequences, then if I did their work for them, 
And if I did it for them, then they're never going to learn. And then when they do have something really bad happen, what if it's in high school and that ruins your GPA to get into college? So it's like, I'd rather him learn now in elementary and middle school when the grades don't really, they matter, but they don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'd rather him learn the big, hard lessons now than to learn it when it really matters. So that's my goal anyway in life is to just really get him to understand things uh, at this level at an early age. And, but we'll see. I don't know. A lot of things go in one out ear and out the other. So, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Lauren, I, I thank you so much for joining us and kicking off this show. I'm really, really excited about the rest of the season as well. So I, um, I'm just very grateful. Thank you very, very much. And, um, you know, if there's anything you'd like to leave the audience with, please, please share. Well, I mean, I know we talked a lot about my career and being a mom and parent, but I think one of the biggest things, uh, I know you said, you told the audience, I'm an author of Talk Back Barbie, the Secret Service Edition, but one of the biggest things, takeaways from my book and the reason I want to share it so much with women, men, just anybody, is because no matter how the world defines you, so they could define you as a good mom, a bad mom, a lazy mom, a drunk mom, whatever it might be. Don't let the world determine who you are as a person. You show other people who you are. And if you fail or succeed, you know what? You're the only person who can determine if you're going to do that or not. So just put your all into it. So if you want to make your be a successful mom, then do everything you can to be successful at that and put your heart into it and your soul into it. And don't let others define you as a person or a mom. You need to go out there and be you and be strong and stand up for yourself because if you don't stand up for yourself, nobody else will. Thanks Lauren. You're welcome. Have a great day. And thanks again for having me.